Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, myself, Bully Ray, and Tommy Dreamer talk all about AEW Dynamite and a tale of two promos. One, MJF and Samoa Joe. The other, Swerve Strickland. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. I liked the show last night for a couple of different reasons. One is the pacing of the show, much slower, letting things breathe, especially when it came to MJF and Samoa Joe. And I love the fact that it was really about the promos and what was happening verbally on the microphone than even actually the matches that were taking place. I thought some good storytelling on the show last night, and I thought the pacing was very good. Uh, Bully, what did you think? Uh, You know what? Since I kind of rattled off on After Dark last night, had first crack at it, I'll give Tommy the first crack this morning. And you can hear Busted Open Dark uh, every Wednesday uh, immediately after Dynamite. Go ahead, Tommy. Uh, I enjoyed the show as well. Um, yes, every there is no perfect show. Um, I did enjoy it. I was a little worried. I'm more worried about today than yesterday because of the positioning of the main event, uh, the people that were in it, and then because everybody seems to always want to go the negative about ratings. I don't give two shits about ratings. Um, but where like AEW is where they were and where they're going. I really did enjoy the show. The highlight for me was Joe and MJF. Um, as well as like, you know, we, we were joking before, but like Orange Cassidy has just become this very, very big star in by what? He's a gimmick that could work. And uh, overall, I did enjoy the show. Bully? Um. First 45 minutes, I thought, dragged a bit. It didn't really feel like a dynamite. As a matter of fact, whether the one of the first notes uh, that I wrote down last night was, this product is lost and lacks direction. And then the MJF and Joe thing uh, happened. I thought the second half of the show was better than the first half, although I did like the tag match with uh, Jericho and Sammy versus Aussie Open. I don't think because of the misdirection that happened, I don't know why they wouldn't put Aussie Open over last night. Would have been a good win for them. As I said a couple of weeks ago when the Jericho Appreciation Society broke up, if anybody is going to survive this breakup, it's going to be Sammy. And Sammy is still sharing the spotlight with Jericho. Good for Sammy. Not so good for the rest of the JAS. Samoa Joe and Max. Max comes out, cuts a good promo. Obviously, that's what Max does. Joe's music hit. Guys, the minute Joe's music hit, I was reminded of an old catchphrase from an old friend. The catchphrase was, the mood is about to change. Obviously, 
the catchphrase was uh, is from Taz. When Joe came out there, I felt the whole mood changed. I saw a credible challenger to MJF's World Heavyweight Championship. Not that Adam Cole wasn't credible. We're not that anybody else hasn't been credible, but there's just something different about Joe. Joe has that Taz 96, 97, 98 feel, which is it's just this feeling that Joe can take you out at any given moment. Joe being bigger than Max, Joe being a, a heavyweight, that can really bring it to Max. I just It just felt good watching them stand in the ring together. Then we get the back and forth on the microphone. I knew Max was going to go the route of the quote-unquote fat joke, but I don't think the fat joke works with Joe. Joe is a stocky Samoan. And Joe just basically no-sold Max's lines like no big deal as a matter of fact I would not have minded that in the middle of the ice cream ice cream truck joke Joe would have snatched Max up and just put him in a chokehold and said I can tap you out I can choke you out at any given second but I'm not going to because I'd actually like to hear what else you have to say and let them go. They go back and forth. They go back and forth. A lot of people ask me how I felt about the WWE references. I did not mind them at all because they're using the WWE references to bring their history forward. So one of the complaints that I hear a lot about is how AEW you know, uses the WWE, mentions his, mentions the WWE entirely too much. In this, in this uh, case, in this situation, I thought it was just fine because wrestling fans remember when Max was just a security guard for Samoa Joe when he was the NXT champion and Joe was coming to the ring with that Goldberg-esque entrance. And then Joe just chucked MJF into a wall for basically walking half a step in front of him. Calling him kid. Because to Joe, Max is nothing but a kid. I remember the kid that I pushed up against the wall in NXT. And you will always be a kid in my eyes, despite all of the success you have earned. So we get the back and forth promo. We talked, we were joking about it earlier. The people a little fickle. Joe is going to kill you. Then they're chanting for MJF. We get to the end of the promo. And by the and just by the way Joe was positioning himself, I knew there was going to be some physicality. I enjoyed everything up until the time that Max went to get out of the ring. He straddles the second rope. And Joe kicks the second rope into Max's balls. It's a ball shot. Max goes down. Joe puts the boots to him a little bit more. 
which I thought was unnecessary because if you all if you already kick somebody in the nuts, you don't have to do anything else but let them sell. Joe takes off Max's championship, raises it in the air, and lo and behold, 20 seconds later, Max's nuts don't hurt him anymore. And he gets back up and he nutshots Joe. And then lo and behold, Joe is back up. Two nutshots, neither one of them sold the way a nutshot should be sold. You can't talk me out of this. You can't give me any good reason, any good example. There's only there's only a handful of people in wrestling whose characters supersede a nutshot. Undertaker, Kane, PCO. Other than that, I don't know who can no-sell nutshots. And then I think we get, did we get the muscle buster at the end? What, what, what did we get at the end? Well, MJF did something, but MJF winds up rolling out of the ring and then goes back to selling his nuts. That's a good thing. I just wish he would have sold in the ring more. Now, I wasn't, I, I, I wasn't enthralled by that whole thing because they could have used other moves that weren't ball shots and gotten the same mileage out of the segment. But here's what I liked, and Dave, you mentioned it earlier. After the physicality was over, you see the medical staff attending to MJF. You see them walking him out of the ring. You see them taking him up the ramp. You see Joe going up the ramp. They let the segment breathe. And I think that that one of the positive steps, small steps forward that AEW has been making is after me and you went on a hell of a rant last week, or maybe even the week before about things not breathing, they have finally have chosen segments that they have allowed to breathe. It doesn't have to be every segment, but significant segments like that one that we saw last night. Why would you cut away to a backstage promo, which they usually do, or go right to a commercial break, which they would usually do? This is an opportunity to show the effects of it and have your commentators talk about it. And that's exactly what they did last night, which I I agree with, Bully, is a very, very good sign. And I also agree with you because you're right. People are up in arms about the WWE references, but you had to use them here. Again, AEW has a very, very short history. It hasn't even been on the air for four years. So there's not a long history. But they do have history that goes back. Why wouldn't you want to reference that? I don't like when they make when they take shots at the WWE. But if you're referencing history, I think it's okay. And I think, again, that was another good example last night. Uh, I agree with both your assessments um, for, for bully's point. If you think about what that segment was for, it was for heat. If you're going to go for heat, kicking a guy in the balls and stomping him until his friend comes, makes the save is one thing. Um, other moves that could be done as he goes out, he ducks under that rope. You pop him in the back pull him into the ring, beat him up, beat him up, drop him. Here comes MJF with the big fire up. Then he goes for the Adam move. Cole. Huh? Adam Cole? No, no, no. 
MJF fired up after the nut shot. I'm sorry. I'm saying if he hits him in the back, boom, 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 gloats, gloats, gloats. MJF comes for that big fire up, goes back again. Then he got urinagied. Then he got set up for the muscle buster. Then here came Adam Cole. But the end result for that segment was supposed to be heat. Heat on your baby face. You could one nut shot drops a dude. Um, to Bully's point, other moves to get to where exactly where you wanted to go, where you didn't need all those other things. Um, to I saw a lot of that reaction online too. Here, here's a big difference. WCW was trying to put WWE out of business, and you know they were taking cheap shots, like to what you said, Dave. When it's one part of a story, you're talking to someone who raised, who wore the flag, injected the Kool-Aid, didn't drink it, of ECW. I would take shots at them because, hey, this is my company. I am the flag bearer for this brand called ECW. But it was also based upon realism. And WCW, how ECW positioned itself, WCW was the enemy. And we were the little uh, brand that could, and it made us always the underdog. Or I remember specifically, hey, I turned down you guys. You want me, and I don't want to go there because I'm happy here. Oh, shit, that's fucking real. Or this is important that I need to cheer that guy. Um, Or, hey, when you call me, I hang up. Real. Because of loyalty. Because of loyalty to this brand, because... I, in my world, it was on par with WWE, WCW, if not better. And we would have kicked their ass if we had the money. That's not the case in AEW. But yes, to to further along the storyline, you do need that. And when I'm like MJF is the exception to this rule. He really and truly is. But a lot of what he was saying is wrong. Because when he was young and he was, and I'm the biggest MJF fan, I used him on every one of my shows. I couldn't be proud of his success and I had nothing to do with his success. Great in-ring performer. He wasn't ready at that age. He would have been judged because of his size alone and never have made it to where he is today, which is wrong. But I, I could go back you're, you're, I'm looking at Bubba when Bubba, you know, would stutter. That wasn't the Bubba this that became a Hall of Famer. For myself, I'll go back and watch uh, people. It's online. Me versus Tauway. I'm number one wearing trunks because I was told to wear trunks. Number two, I never even spoke to the guy. I met him in the ring. Number three, I'm trying to get a full-time job. When I talk about I hate that match. Because it wasn't me. Thank God Terry Funk was in my life and changed it by, hey, be you. And if somebody else tries to tell you to be you, leave. Not that there's a lot of options, but because no one could tell you how to be you. Just be you. But me and Tauway, like, there was all these different scenarios. MJF, I don't think he could have handled being in the WWE now. He talks about his issues that he has mentally. Uh, what he... That place would back then would have eaten him up. It's the perfect storm for him where he's at. But again, MJF is a, is a total, total, not where the rules apply. But to get to where they went, yes. If the end result is heat, there's there's ways to go about it. If you want to have that 
Nice little dip where they did. Awesome. You did it. You accomplished it. But you don't need it that way because later on when you're trying to get over the nut shot, you know, and think about MJF. He got over a kangaroo kick, a double clothesline, a nut shot, and his punch with a, a ring and a side headlock. He's one of those guys who was against the rules, but when you're that, you do that, it's it's easier for you. And when I say easier, I watched last night's Dynamite, and I was like, how many of the talent are banged up? And then you know what I said? Oh, I know why. Because they traveled to the UK. They had, what, Wembley, the show before Wembley, all uh, another Dynamite. And all out. Oh, they had to work four to five times in a week. That's why, you know, in Bully, when we talk about style and doing what you do, hey, man, I went balls to the wall uh, when I was their age and walked around hurt. But that style will take its toll. And when the veteran says, hey, sometimes less is more, you didn't need that fire up, especially if you're already banged up with your neck. If you could have just went down with one shot to your neck, because that's what's your weak point. And then whenever Joe goes for that muscle buster, it's going to render you maybe that you're going to lose. And if you kick out of these things, oh my God, what a valiant baby face you are for the ultimate prize pro wrestling. All right. Let me ask, let me ask you guys both this. You know, because I agree with you, Tommy, about the effects of what we saw last night. I agree with you, Bully, about when Joe came out there, it's already next level. Because your mind's already going to go, all right, MJF has had all these obstacles in his way, right? All these challenges. He actually talked about it in um, our town hall. Like, all these things where people said, he can't do this. And can he stand up to Jericho? Can he stand up on the microphone with CM Punk? Can he go one hour with a Brian Danielson? Now we're up to one of those again with Samoa Joe, right? Can he beat somebody like Samoa Joe? So after watching that segment last night, do you really want to see a tournament about who's next to face MJF? Like, I, I mean, I understand having a tournament, but after watching that segment last night, I just want to see MJF in the ring with Samoa Joe. Do we really need to have a tournament now to see who's going to face MJF at Grand Slam? I think if they're setting up this tournament to be, and after last night to be a swerve, people will be let down. The only other person in this tournament that I think presents some type of a credible challenge who is involved in the story is Roderick Strong. But if you're asking me to choose between Joe and MJF and Strong and MJF, it's Samoa Joe all day long. Not even close. If you also were and, talking and about... I, I, okay. Hold on. I got to ask this question. Dave, because you said you agree with me on something, but you, you agreed with me on the on the Joe thing when he came out. The mood is changing. You didn't agree on the nut shots? Uh, no. Um, at first, no. I, I didn't I didn't it didn't catch me as strong as it caught you guys, but as you explained it this morning, I'm definitely on board with what you're saying. Because hey, I, Dave, tell me one or two of the toughest guys you know. And it, it could be in life or in sports, 
anywhere. Well, I'll just use the two people I'm talking to right now, Bully Ray and Tommy Dreamer. Do you think Tommy Dreamer or Bully Ray is tough enough to withstand a nut shot where no. we could basically no sell it? No. No, we can't. Yeah. You hit me in the balls, I'm going down. You hit Tommy in the balls, he's going down. And you're damn right. Me and Dreamer have experienced some of the worst pain in this business. Other than Mick Foley, I don't know whose head's been caved in more than me, Tommy, and Devon's over the past 25, 30 years. How how does a normal guy, because Joe is normal and MJF are normal, not shell, no sell, nut shots? That's one of those things where we cannot suspend the disbelief. Yes, if, if MJF would have had the cup in there, that's an MJF thing to do. Okay, now I get it. I'm in on it. But you can't slough things off because now we're going to find our, ourselves in a situation where not even nut shots who can take down the toughest men in the world, not even those are going to be sold appropriately. This is where the whole killing the business thing comes in. So, Dave, I just wanted to make that final no, point. No, no, and, and I, I think you both, you and both, and Tommy and, both. To, broke what it Bubba down. says, killing the business, it, it means killing your business, your houses, your credibility. A lot of this is full circle from what we were talking about. And yes, we were joking about different stuff too. Joey Styles, one of the best announcers of all time. I broke my neck and my back in that thing called ECW. I never and still haven't yet to have a surgery. Joey Styles reminded you Tommy Dreamer broke his neck. And what, did what he would always say for you, for this company, and he keeps wrestling hurt for you. How did you not want to cheer? And, I, and I'm not, I'm you talking third person about myself, but how did you not want to cheer for that guy? He fought every single thing hurt for you guys because he loved you and he loved the company he worked for. When you have, you could see the tape coming back one shot. I, I can bet everybody listening to this show, you bang your finger. Uh, the other day I was trying to open up something and I'm, I'm hitting it with a can opener to try to, and I missed the thing and I hit my finger. I, one of the greatest sell jobs ever scream. And I hit my finger with a, with a, a can opener. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm dying. Blah, 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 blah. This morning I stepped in kitty litter that was on my floor. Oh, this is so gross. Oh wait. Ow. It also hurts. Real life things that we all go through. You stub a toe, you bang your head. I see people drop in their seats when they get out of an airplane and they go and stand up and they hit their head. They go and sit right back down. They grab their head. Oh my God. A ball shot is different. I'm talking about a ball shot earlier from Mick Foley. It was 1995. And I can remember what that felt like because it was like, not only did he kick me, but then he accelerated on the gas pedal and like kicked and pushed because, and I was like, <gasps> and then I had to get DDT'd and people talk about those. Oh, one of my favorite turns of all time. Yeah. Not to my yam bag, but what I'm saying is I remember that pain. Because it was real. I'm not so, going to pull back the curtain. Too, Dad, I'm sorry if I... No, I it's done. just these are real things. 
where, again, we're talking about protecting the business. Why heels and babyface didn't ride together, blah, blah, blah. Heels and babyface not riding together is, hey, I just took a picture with the guy I just wrestled. And it hurts your business. And how you can say, well, what is my attendance for the last pay-per-view? Oh, wait. Last time I was here, we did what? And now we're here? These are things you have to look at because you're not going to top the 80, 90,000, whatever they drew. But then if there's a continued decline, oh, shit, we're doing something wrong. Well, that's not praising what we just did right. And, and, Every, and bully really quick. That's what I told. We talked about Grand Slam is so important in New York because that's the gauge. That's the yearly show where we know two years ago they drew 22,000, few thousand less uh, last year. I think I think it was about 17,000. What's that? What's that crowd going to be like this year? Because that's one of the biggest shows of the year. Like you said, Tommy, 81,000 at Wembley. Well, here we are. We're just a a month removed from a record-breaking crowd in Wembley. What's that crowd going to be like in at Grand Slam in Queens? I think that's going to be a good gauge. That's to your point, Tommy. You always, and, and guys, you know this better than me because this is the business that you've been in for decades. When you go to a town, I would think the next time that you go to that town, you want to see more people, not less people. You want to build. Hey, you drew 10,000? Well, the next time you come here, you want to see it in increase, not decrease, to your point. Of course you do. You want to be forced to move into bigger venues and bigger arenas. You don't want to find yourself going into the same arenas that you sold out at one point and now have to scale back because that is extremely telling of where your business is at. The first time AEW went into Arthur Ashe in New York, 22,000 people. Yes. I don't know what this, is this the second time or the third time? This is the third. Okay. I don't know what they did the second time. I know they didn't sell it out it was the about, second time. It was about 17,000 the second time. And now two weeks away, they're at 6,500 tickets sold. I don't know about you guys, but those numbers are indicative of there might be an issue. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I don't I, know. I'm right yeah. here. It's not because... creative. It's, it's not so much creative. It's sadly from the behind the scenes. That's why when we say perception is reality. Wait, uh, wait a minute. Did you just say it's not because of creative? It's because of what's going on behind the scenes? That is what went that on. Is, that has bled it. You're talking about like the punk situation? Yeah. Okay. Well, then then that's that's not a good barometer for them to go into New York and see your numbers down drastically. And I'm not a big fan of when people say, oh, well, it's a big walk up town. Bullshit on walk up. Yeah, you'll get some walk up. Not 11,000. Correct. So we're, we are seeing their, their number. I, I, I think you guys went got off of this for, for a little bit of where we were. Well, it's basically, and we always talk about it, the littlest things means the most. And then how does that, if I forgot to do this or if I didn't do this, how does that translate later on? This is what I, this is what I wanted to say. I, I'm not going to pull back the curtain too much. Within the past six months, I was in a situation where a nutshot was involved in a match. 
And five seconds later, I saw this person standing up. We had a conversation in the back. Because there's no way, Tommy talks about how it affects your business. Well, now it becomes my business when you're standing up after a nut shot, after five seconds in my match. And I had to explain to this person, that doesn't fly. If we keep giving too much stuff away, doing things that are unnecessary, not dotting our I's and crossing our T's, AEW will find themselves in a situation called the quicksand theory. It's my theory. Where you, you get yourself in that wrestling quicksand and you keep trying harder to get yourself out. And if you can read between the lines on this one, AEW is trying very hard to get themselves out of this quicksand right now. Hey everyone, it's Howard Bender from the Andy Up Podcast. Every weekday, Adam Ronis and I serve you up the picks, plays, and fantasy information needed to win your bets. You know, this isn't just your average sports betting show though, for one very good reason. We won't tell you what to do unless we've already done it ourselves. That's right. We put our money where our mouths are, so we're just as invested in each bet as you are. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts or listen on the SXM app, free for most subscribers. As good as MJF and Samoa Joe was, and it was good, I really thought the highlight for me last night was Swerve. Um, I, I thought the promo where Swerve just completely annihilated Hangman Page in the ring, I thought was absolutely fantastic. And that's another match, Tommy, uh, that I hope that we see. When I say when you say annihilated, I got I understand it. Here's the other part of it. Um, Hangman didn't say much. No. Which is being a great babyface and kind of laying out. Learned from Jr. Sometimes there's a great time to lay out and then do your fighting with your words. Swerve um, has an amazing opportunity to be next level uh, star. And I think Hangman is a guy who can really, really uh, help elevate him to that next tier. He could do everything in the ring and he's showing great confidence on the microphone. And he looks like he's a different person. Believable. And you and I know his story and I really like the guy. But this version of him, I don't know that version and I like what I see. And he was like, he wasn't screaming and yelling. As, as a matter of fact, what he did is he just stated facts. Like everything that he said. That's why another reason why, like, I'm not surprised that Hangman Page didn't speak. Because what's the retort? Like everything Swerve said was 100% true. And, I, and the fact that he didn't yell and scream it, the fact that he spoke it, really I thought hit home even more. <laughs> Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Foundation Channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today.